This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Still on the way. Coming up at 3.30, Brian Salmon, News 3 LV. Join the show. Talk about big uh, boxing that's going on on Saturday night. Talk a little UFC. We'll talk some Raiders with them. Kind of scattershoot with Brian. Also at 3.15, Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. We'll talk about New England free agents. Talk about J.C. Jackson and some tendencies that they have there in New England. Talked to him a couple days ago. You'll hear that conversation. And we also have a couple uh, notes across the NFL. We like to call it Cover 3, but we definitely want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, either on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 or the Raider Nation listener line 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Lubbock, Texas real quick. Talk to our guy, Tim. What's on your mind, Tim? Yo, Tim. Say, Tim. Go on. All right, Tim, never mind. Tim's gone. Oh, it sounds like you Tim, you there? I'm there. All right. What up, Tim? Okay. Yeah, I was just calling. Um, uh, I was going to ask. I know you, you guys haven't really just been able to talk to uh, the new uh, Ziegler and uh, McDaniels and all that, but with them, with, them, uh, with his uh, offense being more uh, inclined to uh, tight ends, do you, do you really see them even – Looking at any of the wide receivers in the first round? Good call. Good question. And, no, we haven't had a chance really to, to dive deep into Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels, and they will be talking at the Combine next week. But, um, no, nah, yeah, I definitely believe they're going to look at some wide receivers in the first round. I mean, they have to. Uh, it opens up the, the whole tight end thing. And, look, they might not go and draft a guy, but I do think that a number one wide receiver is something that the Raiders offense in general, just given the, given the, the, the personnel that they have, I think that they need that. You know, I know that Hunter Renfro is going to be a dude in Josh McDaniel's offense. I do believe that. But even to open up Darren Waller, uh, and if Foster Moreau is your is your number two tight end, which I know some people don't want him to be, other people do. I'm okay, but whatever. I think that they definitely need to t- pay attention uh, and add some speed to the to the wide receiver position and make some uh, make a number one target. But uh, th- th- you bring up good points about about the two tight end set. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Let's talk to our guy Ryan. He's in Colorado. What's on your mind, my man? Did he hang up? Yes, he did. All right, no worries. No worries. All good. Uh, we did get a text here. How about this one? I extend DC unless a blockbuster deal. Would you do the deal, Q? Eagles trade Jalen Hurts, one of their first-round draft picks this year, and a second for DC. And with that, I would say no. And the reason I would say no is because I don't think, and I've said this ever since Jalen Hurts was drafted in the second round by the Eagles, I don't think he's ready to start right now. I wanted the Raiders. I don't. I don't. I know you look at me crazy. I don't. I wanted the Raiders to draft him uh, when he was in the draft. I, I wanted him to, to be a Raider. I thought he'd have been a great guy to, to sit behind Derek Carr and learn. Be like who Marcus Mariota was or was, was supposed to be. Right? Oh, yeah. The Jalen Hurts package would have been way scarier. Right. Exactly. And that's what, I, that's what my vision was when he was in the draft. You know, I thought, okay, he could be that guy. Then they went out and made the free agent move and got Marcus Mariota, and that went out the door. And I still think that they had interest in Hurts. They just didn't go pull the trigger on it, and, and the Eagles did first. I, from what I see, he has moments that's like, wow. And then he has moments like, oh. You know what I mean? It's, it's, he's not there yet. And I think that the Raiders, for their team, and I think for Raider Nation, 
Why does Raider Nation need to go through a, a, a building process again? Why don't why 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 can't Raider Nation be in line to see their team successful and make a deep run? Why not? Hey man, he's a playoff uh, starting quarterback. So is Big Ben, but I don't think anybody would say that you want Big Ben coming back this year. Yeah, that's different though. He How? Old. He's old. He's shot. I mean, he. Well, Jalen. I mean, come on, Jalen and the Eagles snuck into the playoffs, just like the Steelers snuck into the playoffs. Let's be honest. And it's I know someone's gonna, someone, bona fides. someone's gonna say, "Hey, the Raiders snuck in." Not really. They were the fifth seed. Not trying to be a cheerleader, but I'm just keeping it real. Just keeping it real. And damn near beat the representative in the AFC in the Super Bowl. Now, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I get it. They didn't. Bottom line. That's all that matters. I just don't think Jalen Hurts is a guy you look at and say, "Oh, he's gonna take this. He's gonna take the next step with his team." I just, I just can't see that. Oh no, it's a bad trade. That, that would be a bad trade. Yes. Right. But I'm saying so, put some respect on his name. No, no, I like, I like Hurts a lot. Oh no, I don't. Hey, let's not get it twisted. I don't mean to sound disrespectful. I, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I just think that the position that the Raiders were in a couple years ago when he entered the draft would have been perfect time to grab him and let him sit behind Carr. And like you said, the Hurts package would have been way scarier than the Mariota package. Just throwing that out there. Um. I think that I think that you definitely extend Derek Carr unless you make a blockbuster deal, though. I do. And that's why I don't think that you walk away from the table of the Aaron Rodgers conversation and say, just no, just flat out no. Hold on, because you know how people were talking about, oh, why would you take the Pittsburgh deal? If you can get two first, you've got your first. Yeah, Could but you flip those three first? No, but the two first were going to be one this year and one next year. Okay, so Packers, you get two this year, one next year. Three first-round picks in total for Aaron Rodgers. Mm, I don't know if they're – because the Steelers my, – my, one of my big objections is the Steelers pick what, number 20? I think they pick 20th. The Raiders pick at 22. What are you going to get – where's your quarterback replacement? You're, you're saying you flip Derek Carr for those picks and then you flip those picks to Green Bay? Yeah. Ooh, that's a lot of work. This is total like trade machine work. Yeah. Just don't, it's easy on the computer. Yeah, that's then a, it will be some in Madden real life. type stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> this is some Madden type stuff. I don't know. I don't. I, I would have to actually write that down and look at it because <laughs> I'm already confused. So uh, if we get enough first here, right? And then we trade. Then you know, like you do, like oh man, you do a couple of trades. Yeah. And now you got those guys. Yeah, man. Got a text from Big Deuce, non-football related. I need to hear the red polo story. Funny you say that. What shirt am I wearing today? He's wearing a red polo. <laughs> we don't have time to tell the red polo story right now. But after we talk to Brian Salmon at 3.30, probably about 3.45, to close out the show, instead of talking about J-Lo, I'll talk about the red polo because nobody, nobody's hit me with no J-Lo slander in a couple days. Thank you. So I don't have to defend, I don't have to defend my love. <laughs> Take it easy. I'm just saying. Let's go ahead and jump into a couple quick nuggets, though. Cover three NFL news and notes. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. All right, this actually started to break yesterday, and it looks like it's about a done deal. Troy Aikman's going to be on ESPN doing Monday Night Football. How about that? Big news. That's big news. That is big news because it sounded like Amazon. It sounded like he was going to leave Fox regardless, but it sounded like Amazon was really in the works to go ahead and, and, and pull the trigger and get him. And I didn't know how I felt about that, but all of a sudden now he's going to go to ESPN's Monday Night Football and... I kind of, I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority. I kind of like the Monday Night Football crew this year. Oh no, people! Well, the consensus on if you if you live by Twitter, uh-huh. people do not like the Monday Night Football. Crew. Really? 
yes, it's like, oh my God, they so I think this is that star power. Right. Because they they have been changing out that lineup. It seems well, like they have. Every ever since year. Gruden, ever since Gruden left, they yes, they changed it. They've up. been trying to find it. And I yeah. think Troy Aikman, that's the big fish. Okay. That's the big get of oh man, we've got it locked down. The color position is locked down. So now it's just going to be who's going to be the play-by-play guy right. that they auditioned to fit next to Troy. Well, they're talking about maybe Al Michaels. Uh, he could possibly be that guy. I don't think he'd come back to ESPN. Well, if the bag's big enough, of course right, he would. Right, right. But I heard exactly. he's more of in the lead to go to Amazon. Right, that's possible too. Yeah, that's possible. But with that being said, who goes to Fox? And news today says it's going to be Sean Payton, former Saints head coach. How about that? Sean I don't Payton. like that. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm a big fan of that either. I think he'd be better off in a studio show because when you're doing when you're doing the games, you got to be in it. Mm-hmm. I don't because I feel like he might want to come back to coaching. Wink, wink, cowboys. Oh, he will be. He will be. So it's like I don't think you're going to ma- look at Jason Witten. You can't just put somebody in the booth. No, Witten was terrible. But they, I think uh, Peyton will be way better than Witten. But I think it's the thing is it's going to be a rotating door. He's not going to be there long. He's going. You know he's going to be back. Exactly. At but I'm saying like I don't right. think like you can just say, hey man you're fresh off the field or right. fresh off coaching. Yep. We'll put you in the booth. And it's shown, like, hey, it, that's a hard leap. I will say this. I kind of hate the fact, and look, hey, get it however you can. I hate the fact that some of these guys have been grinding their tail off for a long time, and they're still in, you know, roll C or roll D. And then all of a sudden, like, hey, let's just go ahead. Sean Payton's available. Let's make him A. Let's put him in the A list. You know, and I get it. You know, that's how it works. But it just kind of stinks. Like, Charles Davis, I think it's fantastic. We've done multiple times. Put him in an A roll somewhere. I think Lewis Riddick is great. I really do. I like Lewis Riddick a lot. There's plenty of people, but see, I'm a different, I'm a different cat. I, I, I just, my number one reason for watching the game is not who's talking about it outside of John Madden, even Gruden. I thought Gruden was great when he was doing Monday Night Football. Thought he was great. Oh no, I'm like a nerd about this stuff. Like, see, and, oh, and, and, and see, yeah, some like people, which, which combos, right. like and these some pairings. people are, are like that. Yeah. Some people are like that. Me, I'm not really that guy. Like I want to see the game. And I want to hear some good commentary, but I'm not like, oh my god, I gotta tur- I gotta watch this game on mute, which I see all the time. People are like, oh, I gotta turn it on mute. I don't like the Madden cast, the the Madden cast, or not Madden, um, Manning, Manning. Yeah, I don't like that. I've only watched it briefly. The reason I don't like it is because the screen's small half the time. Like I just want to see the game. See, I, I guess I'm pretty easy to satisfy. Yeah, man, but you know, I I love like the announcer pairings. I think Greg Olson should maybe get the call up. You like that, Greg Olson? Yeah, because okay. he's already in the Fox family. Give him the call up. I think that you give him that room to grow. He can turn into that big personality. You know, former player, nice enough guy, knows what he's talking about. But I think like the Romo deal. What do you like Romo about it? Do you like Akeem Tlaib? Oh, yeah, he's funny. I, I like him too. He's, he's raw. He's different. He's got some work to do. Can't but, be on the A show. No. Can't no. be keeping it real on no, the A show. Yeah, yeah. We all know when, when re- keeping it real goes dumb, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, I, I just, I, I enjoy him because he's different. It's not the same cookie cutter. Just like Romo. I think Romo, I, I think he's like a young Madden. I really do. And I'm not a Tony Romo fan as far as a player, but I think that his his color commentary is really good. So I, I do enjoy listening to him. But I also think that, and I know everyone doesn't agree with me, I think Beth Mullins does a fantastic job. I will tune in and listen to Beth Mullins do anything. Softball, basketball, football, I don't care. I, I, I enjoy hearing someone that sounds different. You know what I mean? Not... Not the same old one plus one equals two. I like to hear one plus one equals three, and we wonder how the hell did we get to there. You know what I mean? Like I, see, I, I feel you. I, I'm I'm okay with that. So that's why I'm just a little bit different. But uh, yeah, Sean Payton sounds like he's going to Fox. Troy Aikman's going to go to ESPN. A little bit of moving and shaking as far as the you know as far as those guys go. My final nugget though, real quick. And I know we have to take a break, and I will. I promise. 
everyone talks about Eric Bieniemy not getting a head coaching job, right? And why is he not a head coach? Only thing I have to ask is, and this is a, a serious question, a no BS, serious question. Careful, you. No, seriously. I just want to know what is the real issue. Like he's he resigned. He's resigning with the Chiefs on a one year deal. Like if he's so damn good, why did it take them like a closed door meeting to sit down and negotiate to figure out if he was going to come back on a one year deal? You know what I mean? Like I feel like something's missing. So there's something going on that we don't know about. That's my question. It's it's legit. I don't know what the answer is. But why did they have to get into a meeting to decide that his contract expired and he was going to come back one year deal? You know what I mean? Like doesn't it feel like something's mi- Something's fishy about that? All right, well, maybe it could have been he thought he was leaving this year. Well, all the coaches have been hired. But I'm saying, like, let's say his contract is already going to expire, but maybe he's already thinking, hey, my contract, it, it's set to expire, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to be going. I'm going to be a head coach somewhere. Maybe. And it, it, just, it feels it, weird. Doesn't it feel weird? It feels a little weird, but I'm just saying, like, imagine if you like, Radio Nation Radio, I'm gone. And then it's just like, yeah, well, it, it kind of fell through. Uh, well, you don't, you don't, well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It just... When I saw that they were negotiating, and it's like, well, uh, the the reports are we think that he's going to return as the offensive coordinator. I'm thinking, but he's really good. Why would, why was there a question? You know what I mean? Like that's my thing. Like why is there a question if he was going to return or not? And then all of a sudden it was reported that, oh, he's coming back on a one year deal. And then like Kansas City reporters were fighting over who said it first. You know, I saw Jeffrey Chadia put it out there. I saw Matt Verderam put it out there, and it's like, hey, I said it first. And Schefter, I think Schefter said that Chadia said it first, and Verderam got pissed off. And I'm like, damn, he's only back on a one year deal. Scoop's game is a it's a it's a it's a feisty game, this scoop game. I guess. So anyway, the enemy's back to Casey on a one year deal, and then they also hired Matt Nagy as senior assistant quarterbacks coach. So that's what I got for you. Cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Coming up next, uh, I almost said Matt Verderham. Mike De- Mike Debate. Mm-hmm. You'll hear that conversation I had with Mike Debate earlier this week talking all things New England Patriots and their free agents. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. One of the guys that are very high on my free agency wish list is J.C. Jackson, the cornerback from New England. Probably won't be able to uh, find a way for the Raiders to get him, but still, it's it's worth talking about, right? So earlier this week, I talked to Mike DeBate. He's the host of the Locked On Patriots show to talk about J.C. Jackson and the rest of the free agents with New England. Joining me now on the phone lines to talk a little free agency and more particularly just some New England Patriots free agents, guys that have ties to the organization or are currently the free agents of the Patriots is Mike DeBate. He's the host of the Locked On Patriots show on the Locked On Podcast Network. And, Mike, it's always good to catch up with you, my man. And uh, really, Raider Nation, I'm pretty fired up, but Raider Nation as well is fired up about free agency to kind of see what uh, the Raiders are going to do and Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels because we just don't know, right? I mean, we just don't know what their what their thoughts are, uh, how they operate. So just off top, before I get into any players, how do you think Dave Ziegler and McDaniels will attack free agency? Like, will they be aggressive or do you think that they'll just kind of, uh, you know, pick and choose a couple guys here and there? Well, the Patriot way, quote unquote, Hugh, it really tends to be waiting for the guys that you know are the right fit in the system that you want to employ and give that the opportunity to be able to manifest itself. Now, our Ziegler and McDaniel's going to be a little more aggressive than that. Yeah, honestly, I expect them to be. I think they're in a new spot. I think they're uh, eager to show what they can do as a team, uh, get a uh, good synergy going between general manager and coach, and I think they'll try to be aggressive. They're going to take a look at the Raiders cap situation. Obviously, they'll be doing a lot of evaluation there, but free agency, I expect them to do their due diligence, kick the tires on a lot of guys. 
New England Patriots have an awful lot of free agents. I would expect the Raiders to be interested in some of these guys. McDaniels has definitely got some familiarity there, and Ziggler is a very good judge of character. He knows his team. He knows free agency. He's very savvy with the draft. I would look for them to be aggressive, and I'd look for them to look for the right fit. They're not going to necessarily go to the top of every uh, player availability depth chart and say, okay, well, we have to have the top guy at this position, the top guy at that position. They're going to look for guys that can fit within Josh's system, and if they can find them, I think they'll be aggressive enough to go after him. All right, well, with all that being said, I'm going to go, of course, to the, the cream of the crop, the, the tip of the top, right? Probably the biggest uh, free agent that the Patriots have this year, uh, in my opinion, is cornerback uh, J.C. Jackson. And uh, there's a quote that's been floating, floating around Twitter. I wanted to read it to you real quick, get your thoughts. Uh, he said, I guess they feel like they don't need me. I guess I can't be that important to them. I know I am, but they're not showing me. Uh, what do you make of that, and do you think that Ziegler and McDaniels may go after him, even though he's a, a defensive player? Well, I, that is sending some shockwaves through Patriots social media. The fans are definitely not happy to see that. They're going to get on management. And, you know, you can already hear uh, the uh, the drive time shows up here in New England saying, oh, that's typical Bill. Definitely, uh, you know, letting guys slide, not showing them their love, not showing them their appreciation. And ultimately, they'll believe it's going to lead to the demise of J.C. Jackson here in New England. Look, bottom line, that does not sound good if you're a New England Patriots right. fan. You don't want to hear your top corner saying that he doesn't feel like he's appreciated by the team that he's playing for and heading into unrestricted free agency, it sounds even worse, but I would caution Patriots fans right off the bat and fans of really any other team is that this is still very early in the process. It is how the game is played. Uh, the New England Patriots, I'm sure would love to employ the services of JC Jackson for quite a while. How they're going to approach that is really, I think anybody's guess right now. Bill Belichick has played his hand this way in the past and then gotten the job done in the 11th hour. And there are some times where he's played his hand like this and it just ends poorly uh, for both sides, uh, or should say really for the Patriots, where the player ends up walking. If, in fact, J.C. Jackson becomes an unrestricted free agent, tests the free agent market, does not get franchise tagged by the Patriots, I would expect the Raiders to at least do their due diligence in taking a look. Now, at this point, you know, it's going to be where uh, the part of that quote uh, that you uh, just read, Q, was, it's time for Mr. INT to get paid. He's going to right. look to maximize his dollar value. The Raiders get the cap space if they have it or they want to clear it. Uh, this would be a guy that I know Josh McDaniels knows full well what he can do, having coached against him in practice. He's seen him up close. Dave Ziegler is a great talent evaluator. Again, he's going to look at, uh, at JC. Wouldn't surprise me to see the Raiders kick the tires. Just know they're going to have plenty of other suitors and plenty of other teams to compete with. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I mean, just like you said, Mr. INT, he creates so many turnovers and he's he's top of the list for me as far as free agents that I'd love to see the Raiders bring in. But I don't think it's that realistic uh, as far as free agent not free agent, but the franchise tag. You mentioned that. And on Monday, it opened up where you can apply the franchise tag at the very end of the day. Don't you think that the Patriots would at least apply that so they can make sure that they get something in return if they are not able to come to some kind of agreement with J.C.? Yeah, I mean, you would have to think that the Patriots are absolutely looking like this and saying, this is what we have to do in applying the tag. Now, right now, according to the Patriots cap experts, the Patriots are above $4.9 under the cap three okay. weeks before the start of free agency. They'll have to get a little creative if they want to clear some of that cap space. That's courtesy of my good friend Miguel Benzon, the Pats cap, that does a tremendous job managing the Pats salary cap. But 
For comparison, if they use the non-exclusive franchise tag on J.C. Jackson, that's going to cost the Patriots an estimated $17.3 million. So that cap space has to be cleared up somehow. How are the Patriots going to be able to do it? There are ways to do it. There right. are creative ways to do it, not necessarily just you know cutting ties with some of the bigger contracts, but they can manipulate and be able to work that in if they really needed to. I can't see a scenario where they don't use the franchise tag unless JC says that it's going to be a detriment for, to them to do that. Uh, if he threatens holdout, I mean, there could be a number of different circumstances uh, where that could backfire. If the Patriots truly feel that it's only going to be a losing battle, then they won't apply it. They'll probably just let JC walk. But at this point, if there's a chance that two sides can come together, or at least if the Patriots know by doing so, they're going to be able to then turn around and trade J.C. Jackson, then you have to imagine that they're going to apply that tag. I, for one, would be very surprised if it's not applied, but I wouldn't be shocked. I've seen anything and everything with this team. Now, I want to go through a couple of the top free agents that the Patriots have right now, and, I mean, you could just real quickly say, hey, I think that they're going to stick around or I don't think that they're going to stick around. Uh, again, like you mentioned at the top, it's kind of a laundry list of guys, but you got Devin McCourty, you got Trent Brown, Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins. We talked about J.C. Jackson, Ted Karras, Matthew Slater, James White, Brandon Bolden, Brian Hoyer. Any of those stand out to you as, hey, those are guys that have to come back and or anybody stand out to you like, yeah, they're, they're on their way out the door. Well, I would probably say Devin McCourty is someone that if he wants to come back and there are indications that he has, uh, you know, indicated uh, that he would want to return to the New England Patriots. I can't see him going to another team at this stage in the game. Now, again, stranger things have happened. If right. it happens, it wouldn't shock me, but I'd be very surprised. I think if Devin decides he wants to come back, the Patriots find a way to work that out. Matthew Slater's another guy that I just can't see him wearing any other uniform. Right. He's so yes. ingrained in this area. <laughs> so yeah, such a big part of what the Patriots do up here. One of the great guys I've ever had a chance to cover an interview one-on-one. -on -one. I, for one, hope Matthew sticks around. Uh, but if he doesn't, I think it'll be to retirement rather than going elsewhere. You mentioned Ted Karras. He is a very interesting um, option for the New England Patriots. Played very well this year. If the Pats decide that clearing some of that cap space means shedding some of the contracts along the offensive line. Keep an eye on Isaiah Wynn, their left tackle. If they decide that they may want to move him or even right guard Shaq Mason, which is kind of blasphemous up here in New England, but these are ways that the Patriots could clear significant cap space. You may be able to get Ted Karras to come back on a team-friendly deal and allow the Patriots to be able to use that cap space elsewhere. Um, in terms of guys that I, I can't see coming back or that may have played their last game here in New England, you mentioned Jamie Collins. I think they tried to bring him back. This was a, a pretty good idea in theory, but, you know, Jamie played limited snaps. I, I think that he'll probably get a one-year prove-it deal elsewhere uh, with a lot more than the Patriots are willing to offer him. And Trent Brown right now is definitely a uh, – th that's an intriguing uh, re-sign. <laughs> I know the Patriots would love to have him. Uh, he loves playing here, and the Patriots love having him. But uh, I think if they want to lock him up, they're looking to do it on a short-term deal rather than something extremely long-term. Uh, I can't see him getting, uh, you know, the uh, the franchise tag. I don't think the Patriots use the tag on anybody but J.C. Jackson. But right. uh, keep an eye on Trent Brown. That could be another intriguing <laughs> option. Trent Brown is somebody that Raider Nation don't want nothing to do with anymore. <laughs> That's already <laughs> been there, done that with Trent Brown. So I don't think anyone in Raider Nation wants to see him in the silver and black. And I don't think he wants anything to do with being in the silver and black anymore. And, and this is great. 
uh, Mike. It's always great to catch up with you. Before I let you go, I did want to ask you about a couple coaches real quick because, as you mentioned at the top, uh, it's become a New England West uh, in Las Vegas with the Raiders. Uh, but Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler have brought in Mick Lombardi as offensive coordinator, quarterback coach Bo Hardegree, and then offensive line coach Carmen Brasillo. Uh, what are your thoughts on those three guys? How, how significant are those coaches now added to Josh McDaniels' staff? Well, I'll tell you, I think these two guys can really be a huge asset to Josh McDaniel's staff. I'm really impressed by Mick Lombardi and what he's been able to do here, having his hands in so many uh, aspects of the New England Patriots offense, not just in the wide receivers, also along the offensive line with the quarterbacks. He's worked with the tight ends. He's worked with the running backs. This is a kid that right now I think a lot of people expected to take on a much bigger role with the Patriots had he stayed around. No one can blame him for going there and being your new offensive coordinator in Las Vegas. I think he'll be a hand-in-glove fit. He works very well with Josh. There's a good relationship there, and I think those two can really uh, create some very impressive uh, you know, uh, things with the Raiders' offense the way it's currently constituted. And Priscilla is a guy that can coach the hell out of a line. He really can. Um, you know, this year, a lot of people expected him to pair along with Cole Popovich like he did in 2020. Popovich didn't end up coming back because of the difficulties uh, or, you know, issues that he had with uh, the, the vaccine mandates. Right. Priscilla took over that line and the New England Patriots played, uh, you know, relatively well considering the shuffling and the injuries that they had to deal with all season long. Uh, a lot of people were surprised he didn't hang around here in New England, but ultimately he saw an opportunity for stability in Las Vegas under Josh McDaniels. So these are two guys that know Josh's mannerisms very well. It's familiarity. And when you have familiarity with an offensive minded coach like Josh McDaniels, he's going to be a great influence on those guys. Very impressed with these two hires. They're two coaches that I know were well revered in the Patriots locker room uh, throughout that uh, that player base. Uh, those guys are going to be missed up here in New England. It's definitely Las Vegas' game. There you go. Sounds good. Sounds really good. He's Mike DeBate. He's host of Locked On Patriots on Twitter at MDebateNFL. Uh, what do you got coming out on the show? What do you got coming out in general that uh, folks should be on the lookout for? Maybe do a little bit more uh, intel on the Patriots, what they got going on. <laughs> well, all season long here, we're going to be doing off-season evaluations. Uh, we're going to be talking draft prospects. We're going to be talking – free agency prospects at the end of the week, a special treat. I mentioned my man, Miguel Benzon. He will be joining me on Friday doing a lot of Patriots salary cap talk. If you're interested in JC Jackson and what a deal may look like with the Patriots or any other team, folks, you're not going to want to miss this episode. Miguel goes in depth to, to the penny exactly what it may cost for teams to be able to sign him away or what it may take to keep him in New England. So definitely uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm locked in. I'll be I'll be tuned in. No doubt about it. I want to hear that again. J.C. Jackson's at the top of my, my wish list for the Raiders. I think that they may have to settle for Stephon Gilmore, and I say settle. settle. I don't mean that disrespectfully, but uh, J.C. Jackson is the ball hawk, the young dude, the, the big fish, and I think Stephon Gilmore, well, we know he's, he's getting a little older in the tooth, but still a hell of a player, so – uh, we'll, yeah, absolutely. Somebody I also know a great deal about. So if you ever need a little insight on him, you know where to come. <laughs> right. You know, I'll be hitting you up, man. Again, like we said, we have a lot of uh, similarities now. We've got a lot of things in common. Didn't know that it would ever come to this where the Raiders are, are so much New England Patriot like. But hey, here we are. It's 2022 and here we are. So, Mike, great stuff as always, man. I do appreciate you. 
Always my pleasure and honor, Q. Thanks for having me on. There he goes, Mike DeBate. Had him on the show a couple days ago talking all things New England Patriot and their free agents. Coming up next, Brian Salmon, my guy, News 3 Las Vegas. He'll join the show to talk some, some boxing and some Raiders. This is all going down next on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Been going fast and furious on today's show. A lot that we've gotten to. Gotten a lot of good feedback, both by way of the text line and the Raider Nation listener line. But now it's time to turn our attention to, to the fight game. Boxing, some UFC action, also talks to Raiders. But my guy, Brian Salmon, News 3LV. You can find him all over town doing his thing. You can find him on Twitter as well at Brian News 3LV. And Brian, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. And yesterday on the show, we had Chris Colbert, Chris Primetime Colbert. He's got a big fight this weekend, <laughs> tomorrow night against Hector Garcia. I know you were there at the final press conference, at the, the face-off and everything. Uh, just I haven't been in one of those environments yet, like the face-off and the final press conferences. What is that kind of... I don't, I don't want to say electricity because I don't think it's electric, but what is that environment like uh, when you see those face-offs, when you're there in person? Well, what's up, your boy Q, my boy Q? <laughs> uh, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, yo, first of all, sometimes they can be electric. Sometimes those press conferences can be just bananas when guys are going crazy and talking a lot of trash and, you know, uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury pushing and stuff like that, but... This press conference and this fight is a lot more subdued than that, so it was at a much smaller venue. But the fact that Chris Colbert is sitting right next to Hector Luis Garcia and saying, and you know what, I'm going to beat this dude's ASS, and I don't know if I'm going to beat him with a with a broom or a shoe. or You know what I mean? He's, he's sitting right next to him talking <laughs> this kind of trash. You have to love the, the, uh, the cojones, the onions, uh, the, the bravado. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it seems like it. And like I said, when when he was on the show yesterday, he was uh, he was kind of fun to talk to because he was talking just like that. But he was talking with us, so uh, it it was kind of cool to get to get to know him. So as far as his fight, I know it's not the original one that was set up. Uh, he was a little disappointed that it wasn't the original one with Gutierrez. But uh, how do you see this, man? There's two guys that are undefeated. Uh, uh, Garcia's a southpaw. Colbert he can do just about everything. What do you see? How do you see this fight shaking out? Well, I think it's a great fight. And the fact that you said it, the fact that both of them are undefeated, which means that neither one of them wants their O to go. You know what I mean? Neither one of them feels that they can be beat. And the fact that Garcia is a former Olympian, so he's not like he's a tomato can. You know what I mean? It's not like a guy that they threw in there just to make sure they had the fight card and the venue and showtime and all that. They put a real fighter in there. So uh, I I think it's going to be a a very close fight. I think it's going to be some fireworks, man. I mean, it's hard not to pay attention to guys like Colbert when he says what he says. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. man. <laughs> so uh, I think it's going to be a good fight. And the fact that Garcia, I mean, he talked a little trash as well, albeit in Spanish. He was like, <laughs> man, I can, <laughs> you know, I can hurt you with either hand. And I, I believe the fact that he's a, he's a competent fighter and he's a very capable fighter as well. I like it. I like it a lot. We're talking right now with Brian Salmon for th- from News 3 LV here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. When you start talking about guys talking trash, of course, I immediately think of my man DeMond, and he's got something for you. Yeah, Brian, I didn't want to ask I didn't want to ask Primetime this yesterday because, you know, you ask him about future opponents. Fighters are just going to tell you they're worried about the, the fight that's up next. But he had some words for Shakir Stevenson in the past. So if they were to face off both undefeated, who do you think would win that one? Oh, Wow. I mean, right now, because I've seen a lot more of Shakira Stevenson, I'd have to go with Shakira Stevenson. 
Um, and the fact that, I mean, he's really slick. He, he's, yeah, he's bigger. Uh, and, but he doesn't have the, the power, so to speak. But he's been on that stage more so than Colbert has. You know what I mean? And that was one of the things I asked Colbert about is fighting in the fight capital of the world. And, you know, you put the extra pressure on yourself to look good on such a big stage. And he downplayed the whole thing and said that he didn't even think that Vegas was the fight capital. So, Whoa. Uh, what did he say then? Whoa. He said New York. Man, these New York cats are out of control. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was like, okay, player. You can say that if you want to. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that'd be a great fight to see, and everyone wants to see that fight. I mean, Shakur Stevenson says that, you know, he'd fight the cat that uh, that just beat your boy. Um, who, who did Shakur say he wanted to fight? I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Ryan Garcia? Yeah, yeah. He, he I mean, he wants to get the big money fight. He wants Garcia. Um, he's overrated. He knows he'll beat him. Ryan Garcia, he's an Instagram model. Damn. <laughs> he's too pretty to fight? All you ever see him post, you don't see no fight clips. It's just him doing the, I'm a hit, 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 duck, hit, hit, put me on a blindfold and watch me dunk, duck this bag. Like, okay, man, fight, get in the ring. He thinks that he can do the Floyd Mayweather deal as far as, like, working the mitts, and that's all it takes. People don't understand that you got, like, hours and hours of training behind the mitts. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I, I don't believe in Garcia until he actually beats somebody that's worth something or he actually fights. How about fights? That's what I'm saying. Because you can post all. We know that you train the box. You can make. You can train with Jake Paul. That's cool. <laughs> Get in the ring and fight somebody for real. Exactly. Exactly. Don't be like Jake Paul fighting a bunch of nobodies. His last fight was cool. He he knocked out a cat that was actually a decent fighter and whatnot. But that was what 800 years ago. I don't remember the last time he was in the fight. He's gonna be 30 yeah. years old. He's supposed to be the young hot thing. He's gonna be 30 years old by the time he has his next fight. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna be old like you by the time. Ah. Take it easy, man. <laughs> I'm standing here like, damn, I'm 45. What y'all think about me? You talking about a 30 year old? This old dude. Nah, 20, 25 is getting up there, man. Jeez. Oh, Cold game. Man, so, yeah. so Brian, what, what else? I mean, for the rest of the the card, what do you think about the rest of the card that's happening tomorrow night? Man, you know what? I went into it just thinking it's just a main event fight, right? And then looking at the the co-main and then the third fight after that. Uh, Russell yeah. fighting against the stall. I yeah. mean, that's, I think that's going to be a good fight. The fact that I didn't know this, Russell, they said that he's 13 and 0. All 13 wins are by stoppage. Whoa. Like, okay. Exactly. 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 And Victor Bostal is not a chump. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's not a chump at all. He gave Terrence Crawford everything that he wanted. Plus, he's got to fight with the fact that he's Ukrainian and everything that's going on in the Ukraine man, right now. Man, yeah, that's – hey, man, what, I mean, what, what? wow, I would love to talk to him. Did you guys get a chance to talk to him at all about that and, and just think what, yeah. it, what his thoughts are? What was he saying about that? That's heavy. Yeah, well, here's a uh, shameless plug, but if you go to my Twitter account, I actually posted his uh, statement on that when he was up. Because they had everybody up on the stage, like a typical – press conference for the most part right. and they asked him about that and you know he talked about it. he's like hey my family is still back there right now wow um they're safe but you know yeah it's, it's pretty much a tough fight and a, a tough situation having to do this and have to have this fight right with everything that's going on back there so but one thing about Pastor as well is the fact that his nickname is ice cold so he's he's like a von drago like his face is pretty deadpan he wasn't emotional at all but you could you could actually see though still the fact that what's going on back home is kind of weighing on him a little bit. Yeah, and Russell you think? Was, was, <laughs> yeah, he was very empathetic about it, man. He was like, man, what's going on is terrible. It's something that never 
generally does not happen in the press conference, everyone in there clapped after uh, Pasal had said what he said because, I mean, that's real life. Yeah, yeah, that's heavy, man. I mean, we, we come in here, we get to talk sports, we get to laugh and joke and all this other stuff, but, man, that's that's real life that's going on right there. So that's that's got to be, regardless if he was ice cold or not, that's got to be heavy on his on his mind and his heart. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I kinda, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him now just because of that, you know? <laughs> No, I feel you. I feel you, man. And you want, yeah, you don't want anyone to have to go through that, especially the video that I've seen. I'm sure you've seen it as well. Yeah, buddy. I've seen it. Like, that's, you don't want someone to have to go think about their family back there. Right. That's no good. That's no good. All right. To transition to the UFC, the main event for this next fight night, Islam versus Bobby Green. Islam being from Russia, Bobby Green stepping up. He said, give me a week's notice. I'll try to drop as much weight as I can. What do you think is going to happen there? Man, you know what? Something that I'm sure you appreciate, just like I appreciate, uh, we were talking about with Colbert, the bumping of the gums. You, you have to promote yourself, man. And Green, you know, he's promoted himself very nicely, got himself into a main event fight, and he's fighting somebody that if he can get a win over, it can be somewhat similar, maybe not to the degree, but close to when Nate Diaz stepped in and beat Conor McGregor. Like, not that high, but you know what I mean? He, right. he stepped in on, like, a week's notice and beat someone that everyone thought was unbeatable. That's something that Green can do, man. So I'm, I'm pulling for him just for that. Uh, I, I'm excited to see the, the fight night that's coming up. But I'm not more excited than UFC 272 that's right around the corner. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> come on now. Bad blood's on the table. <laughs> man. Oh, all I know, man, is, is you know, you, you're, you're supposed to be impartial. You're not supposed to be rooting for anyone. But, folks, there's always a but. That's something I'm saying on my sportscast. Man. Right, right. You know what? You There's some people that you root against. You might not root for people, but you can root against people. And I think that a lot of people don't like the persona that Kobe Covington has. And I can say this much. I don't like the fact that he was talking about Kamar Usman's father. Like, what? Right. Like, come on, man. What part of the game is that? Like, you don't do that. And he talking about Jorge uh, Masvidal's uh, baby's mother. Like, come on, player. Like, I mean, yeah, that's, that's all out of bounds. Oh, we're not, spo- we're get- not supposed to do that? <laughs> 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 all right, Dave Chappelle. Uh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I didn't know that was off limits. I thought once it was the baby mama, it didn't really matter anymore. Oh, no, Q, you should see these two guys, man. They, they're they they're basically doing a wrestling promo. They're hitting all the territories. They're doing the <laughs> interviews together. And it's just like, you used to sleep on my couch. Well, I'm bigger than you now. And oh, it's just wow. like, I'm going to kill you when I see you March 5th. And it's just like, oh, man, they're just going oh. at it. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 pretty, it's entertaining. They, they have sold the heck out of this fight. And something that you guys probably know, just like I know, the UFC generally does not have a main event that's not a title fight, but this one is so big, they're doing just a regular old main event, no title, and it's going to it's probably going to be the biggest uh, card that they've had this year. I bet you it sells more than the uh, than the, um, uh, than the fight they had down in Houston just recently with the heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Ganu versus Gan, yeah, yeah, nice. man. This, I, I can't wait for that one on March fifth. Boy, I'm gonna be in there. 
uh, not rooting for anyone. Wink, wink. <laughs> right, right. We never root for anyone ever at all. <laughs> hey, well, <laughs> great stuff as always, my man. I appreciate you. I did want to ask you, uh, I, I wanted to ask you about the Raiders before we let you go. Uh, is there any big move that you'd like to see the Raiders make this offseason uh, before everything really gets cooking, like something that you could see them adding to the team or even subtracting from the team that you think can help make a difference with, with the squad? Yes, get a wide receiver. How about that? Boom. You know what I mean? Zay Jones is nice and everything, but uh, get yourself a number one receiver. Hunter Renfro had a great season, but he should not be your number one receiver. Right. I, no, I'm with you. I, I've been pounding the table saying, go go be aggressive. Go go get go get Devontae Adams if you can get him. Go get him. Yes. Why not? You know? Yes. Yeah. Man, he loves Derek Carr, clearly. Right. Exactly. I think that that would be a hell of a pickup if they could find a way to pull it off. I don't know if he's even going to be available, but if he was – Go make it happen. Just go make it yeah. happen and put this team over the top and, and, and go win some things, you know? So I, I will see how it all shakes out. But free agency is right around the corner. Obviously, the combine's next week, so the draft, we're going to be talking about that hot and heavy. So uh, there's a lot to like, man. What you and Jesse got coming out, uh, doing everything that you guys got doing at, uh, th- at News 3LV? Well, you know, trying to split our, our bodies and be multiplicity and be everywhere at the same time. But we've got the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, they play tonight. And then tomorrow on my LVTV, our sister station of Channel 3, we have the Henderson Silver Knights, and I'll be broadcasting. I'll be the host uh, inside the Orleans Arena. Nice. So that's something to watch out for as well. And, hey, we got Sports Night is returning. The Olympics are done. Sports Night is returning Sunday nights, 1130, the best local uh, sports show in Las Vegas by far, hosted by the best sportscasters in Las Vegas by far. <laughs> I said it. I ain't mad at you. <laughs> don't I break your hand, pat yourself on the back. <laughs> hey, man. look, dog, if you don't believe it, nobody else will. You know? uh-huh. Amen. You know Amen. what I'm saying? Hey, great stuff as always, my man. I appreciate you taking some time for us this afternoon. Sorry we got to you late. DeMond's always running behind. You know, he ain't never on time. He's always late. So we're going to work on his on his uh, on-timeness, but uh, appreciate you, Brian. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Hmm. I'll let that go. <laughs> All right. See how he is. Thank you, Brian. There he goes. Brian Salmon, our guy, News 3 Las Vegas. Him and Jesse Merrick do a fantastic job uh, covering the sports around the Las Vegas area like a glove. Be all over the fight scene. And sometimes it's nice to talk a little bit of fight scene. There's a lot going on, too, man. There's so much going on this weekend when it comes to fighting, boxing, and UFC, all that good stuff. 348 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close up the show. We'll talk the Red Polo story. We'll tell you where it came from and how it goes down. We'll close out the show with that. This is Unnecessary Roughness. On Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. All right, coming up in a few minutes, Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. Live from the TI. I'll be headed over there in a little while to hang out. Come on by, say what's up. Before we get out of here, we've had this question a couple times. Big Deuce. Shout out to Big Deuce. Hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And wanted to know the Red Polo story. And DeMond let me know that I have to give the condensed version. I cannot give the full your boy Q tells a story type. You got two minutes. <laughs> so I better jump right into it. Long story short, I never wore the color red because I always felt like it was too bright. I felt like I was a target. I did. I was like, man, I just, I just, I did. I just was never comfortable wearing the color red. And it had nothing to do with, no, you know, no gang banging, none of that. It's definitely none of that. I'm not that guy. 
Real quick, when I got my Prius, I have a red Prius, and one of my wrestling buddies was like, I don't know why you got a red car, man. See? You're going to get pulled over more. You know, red cars get exactly. pulled over it just, it stands like, out. Is that? It, no, it does. It stands <laughs> out a lot. So I always said, nah, nah, nah. And I've had plenty of people that said, Q, you should wear red. It looks good on you. And I was like, nah, I'm not comfortable with it. And then I started selling Kirby's. When I started selling Kirby's, and remember, this, at this point, Tiger Woods is in the middle of his, like, he's, he's the dude, right? He is the guy that made me watch golf. He made me interested in golf. And he wore his red polo every Sunday. It was like the finishing move. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know that Tiger's about to whoop your tail when he's got that red polo on. He had it on every Sunday. So when I started selling Kirby's and I'd get in a slump, my boss would say, hey, man, you got to have a power day tomorrow. And so I never knew what that meant. So I remember I went home and someone told me that, oh, a power day means you got to wear red. Red's a power color. And so I said, ah, I don't, I don't believe in that. Well, Please believe I sold two Kirby's the next day with a red polo on. So I thought, oh, yeah, this is a power color. And so then I realized what Tiger did on, on what, what message he was sending. So now, just to, just to let you know, and real quick, as you hear the music wrapping us up, nine times out of ten, whenever I'm wearing a, a red polo, it's for a purpose. It's, it's never on accident. Never. I'm either angry, I'm fired up, I'm trying to prove a point. I always have something to prove when I'm wearing a red polo. Today, I'm wearing a red polo. I wanted to finish the week off strong. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, there's always a reason. It's never on accident. I promise you. Never on accident when your boy's wearing a red polo. Vinny Bossignor, he's got his red polo on. He's up next. Live at the TI. It's Rare Nation Radio 920.